The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello and welcome to Footballers. I am your host, Hunter, and this week I am joined by Steve Stokes and Right Foot. Steve, how are you doing this week? Yeah, all good. Been quite an eventful week, uh, which I'm not going to go into the details of. But yeah, I did kind of a slightly different version of myself here today. Um, as people who follow me on Twitter will already know. Um, if you don't already know, go and follow me on Twitter, at the Foot Coach. Let's do it all back to front. Let's give the Twitters at the start of the podcast for a change. Jesus Christ, what a turnaround story. How do you feel, though? That's what's more important. Well, it's, all right. Well, some people who, who won't know, I've, I've basically, um, in a roundabout way, given up drinking, which I thought, it feels better, obviously, but I, I, yeah, I thought it would be quite easy, to be honest. And then I, I, I turned the England game on last night. And just like 10 minutes into it, I was, I was just thinking, how the, how the fuck do people watch this without being smashed? So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, it was a tough one to watch. We'll get into that in the second half of the pod. But, uh, Paul, how you doing, man? I saw you were playing some weekend league, getting some player picks. I'm good. Yeah, I uh, played, I think I got the, the 15 wins or whatever it, it was you needed. Got some reasonable picks. Nothing major. Like, I think I got a Harry Kane um, and a Lautaro Martinez. So, you know, not not wonderful, but could have been so much worse. I saw loads worse on Twitter, so I'll, I'll take it. Well, you have to. You've got no choice, have you? Really? What, there is that, Steve. <laughs> what are you going to do? You get what you get. I could ring EA help and say, excuse me, I don't appreciate a 96 hurricane. Do you reckon anybody ever actually rings EA help and just goes, help? Definitely somebody's out there trolling them. Yeah, definitely. You think so? Yeah. They're not much help, by the way. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced anything from EA help, but Half the time they don't speak English and they tell you how they understand how frustrated you are, which I don't believe because there's no fucking way they understand unless they play foot. But speaking of frustrations, that's going to move me into my first topic that I want to talk about this week, Weekend League. It's something that I do about every three weeks. I say I'm never going to do it again, and I do it again. I put myself through the torture of it. It's my own fault. But since I did it, I want to talk about the state of the gameplay. It seems as if the gameplay that I was playing the previous week in Friendlies when I got into Weekend League, was a completely different game. Players couldn't turn. They couldn't pass. I was getting like over over a full second of delay when passing. I was showing Steve some clips. It's really bizarre how, how the game was acting with a 13 ping, 0% packet loss, and a 0.3 jitter. Didn't understand what was going on. So I went into Rivals after Weekend League was over. 
I got my 11 wins and I just got the fuck out because it was, it was fucking miserable. It was the worst experience I've ever had in FIFA 21. And I started playing Rivals and it was the same way. So I started messing with my connection to try to make it worse. I started downloading things. I started streaming videos while I was playing, got my ping up to 25, 30. The gameplay started to improve. Then I got on Wi-Fi. I was on 44 ping and the gameplay was fucking excellent. I was getting 3% packet loss with a 3.4 jitter and I was running circles around my opponents. This should not make sense. Why, Steve? Why? I think that it's pretty much been established, hasn't it, that lag compensation is a thing. So that if you're uh, if you're playing, I've got to be really careful not to say anything borderline racist here. But if I, I hope this is okay, if you're playing somebody like Juan and Carlos out in the swamp in Mexico somewhere, sorry Mexico, um, and Juan and Carlos, I'm not sorry. But uh, if if you're playing somebody out there with a really bad connection, playing through a potato, um, the game is going to compensate your connection um so obviously if, if you've got a, an ethernet connection and they've got a potato um they're going to try and balance the two so that the experience of playing whilst connected via a potato is the same as being connected by by ethernet i, I hope i've explained that clearly should i go get a sack of potatoes is what you're saying um i think you've got to live in mexico for it to work not not 100 percent sure but i think i read it on pretty close reddit or somewhere I mean, it, it's hard to know for sure. I did play several people from Mexico and message them after the game when they had DMs open. Uh, played one person from Honduras. I don't understand why it is this way. Maybe it is just because no one's playing the game anymore and I'm getting matched up with people extremely far away from me. But I'm not saying I have the best connection in the world, but I definitely am far from the worst. And to me, if I go through all the trouble to improve my connection, I, should be, I shouldn't be penalized for it, if anything. You don't have to reward me, but just give me fair gameplay. We did some digging and we found some verbiage from a FIFA 19. Potatoes. We found some verbiage from a FIFA 19 pitch notes article that suggests this type of activity is actually in place, but they were working on adjusting it. I don't know. Paul, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think it's right or fair? No pun intended, right foot? Uh, I know it's definitely frustrating. Like, Sometimes you'll have a session where you're playing two or three games and you, the game's really responsive and you think, wow, this is a really good game. I yeah. love this game. And then the next day, you're all excited because you've got a couple of hours spare to go play some FIFA and you go on. Players are just walking in treacle. You have to press pass twice or three times for the ball to be released if it goes in the direction that you've aimed. And it it's just really frustrating when you know that you can have some amazing, some amazing gameplay. And you just want it to be like that all the time, and it's not. And that's what what frustrates me. And it's not, it's not fair if people are being, you know, if somebody with terrible internet is being rewarded for that. It's it's totally unfair. It's basically communist, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, let's make it all a level playing field for everybody. Which yeah. that's okay if that's what's happening. But if you know your connection's worse, it's if it's my connection being slowed down per se or or nerfed, for example, my opponent's connection probably feels the same. His gameplay is not going to be affected. It's mine that's going to be affected. So it's not that they're rewarding him, but that they're penalizing the player for having a better connection. So it's it's not it's not balanced whatsoever. And I know it's a slippery slope, but I mean, goddamn, if you have shitty internet, get better internet. Or, you know, EA could actually 
develop a game that works in online play with multiple servers. I mean, I was just on Call of Duty before we started recording and I was looking at their network setup. You know, they have like 16 different servers just in the United States, just in the United States. We've got three here. That's the rub of it, isn't it, really? The fact that you're being connected to people in frigging Honduras in the first place, isn't it? I mean, I can't imagine you're the only FIFA player in Louisiana. And you do have swamps there as well, don't you? I imagine people also connect via potatoes. Yeah. And potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe I should put up a geofence. I mean, I can do that on my router. I can put up a geofence and block out all servers except for the United States. Maybe I should do that. But I shouldn't have to, you know? Surely there's somebody in the United States, or for fuck's sake, Texas and Houston, surely. I played a guy from Argentina a few months ago. That's ridiculous. So I, I don't know where to go from here, but it, it's. It's extremely frustrating, and I don't think I'm going to touch FIFA for the rest of the cycle because it's, it's fucking pointless at this point. I mean, really, you devote some time to this game to try and enjoy it. And the first game was fucking smooth as butter. I won 9-1, but it was very apparent that I had a better connection against my opponent because I was running circles around every single one of his players. His strikers couldn't turn. They couldn't. I mean, he was just standing still with the ball at times. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a fucking pointless exercise at this point, and it's gotten me beyond the point of enjoyment. So I'm just going to move on and, and go to 22. I'll keep up with the news, but I'm probably done playing foot. I'm still going to play pro clubs, but fuck this shit. They got to fix it. The thing with this that frustrates me from the coaching point of view, where you can't have a reliable connection, is that when people send me in a video of a game to be analyzed... I have to almost have a sort of second sense for whether this is decent gameplay or whether it's delayed. And it's it's hard to tell sometimes because it's, it's quite subtle and you can end up criticising people for, for mistakes that they aren't making, you know. Um, I always try and encourage people to make sure that they send me a game that, that has clearly been with a good connection. But, um, yeah, it's just it shouldn't be a thing. It's just it's not a thing in other games. Just a little bit of investment in the infrastructure. Anyway, we've banged on about this. For far too long, I think. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Paul, take us through the uh, any new content that we've gotten. I know we've got quite a few American players just added to the database. Some of those look really, really good. Have you tried any of these new players? I've not. Uh, we got the Brazilian centimid, Arthur, or Arthur, as he's called Arthur. in Yorkshire. Is it from Bradford? Or Arthur, um, <laughs> which, you know, looks an okay card, but my issue is with... A lot of these new cards, maybe apart from Ramos, the the ten a penny, you know, these twenty or thirty or a hundred cards that are all the same. There's nothing. There's nothing special, you know. Give some weak foot or skill move upgrades, significant ones to these cards. Yeah. Do you think they've accelerated the power curve a bit too early, where it's just all become meaningless a bit too soon? Yeah, and I think it gets to a stage in the game where. You know, sort of to the latter part of team of the season where there's just so many good cards and the difference between the top ones is minute. Where if you're looking for a significant upgrade on some of your team of the seasons, you're having to spend two or three million coins now, and most people don't have that. So I think throw some SBC, more SBCs out like Ramos or some of the big icons. That's that's an issue that we've still not got any of the, the big, big icons. Yeah, they've kind of done this to themselves, I feel like, though, because the way they've run these promos, they've intentionally drained clubs of coins and fodder to the point to where the only way you can improve your team at this point is to, I mean, if you want to get it quick, buy FIFA points. And I know that's their goal, but 
who's going to invest FIFA points at this stage of the game, especially in the state of it? I mean, there's nobody in their right mind that would be wanting to spend FIFA points in you know the, the last quarter of the cycle. Am I wrong? I think you are wrong in some respect. I think there's a lot of casual players who, you know, they work all week. They play maybe three or four games of FIFA a week if they're lucky. They'll turn it on on a Friday. They'll see some packs and they'll think... You know, it's it's twenty pound, thirty pound. They'll see that the team's not not very good. They need some coins. They're not going to spend time trading or doing any of that stuff. So they might just try the luck and throw twenty or thirty pound at some packs. Uh, I know we're not going to do that, but you know, I think there still is a lot of people out there that that would. Yeah, I think this pack previewing thing plays into it as well, doesn't it? Because a lot That's of people will say. just yeah, right. Okay, no, go for it. Sure. I've still not had anything profitable from those those preview packs, and I've tried to open them all. Do you see how this goes, Hunter? It's like we're here trying to be polite, going sort of, no, 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 after you, Claude. And while we're trying to sort our feet out, right is straight in there, isn't he? Two-footed. Right two-footed, it should be, shouldn't it? I like it. Sorry, there were a five-second silence there to fill it. It's my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, do you think that these... Preview packs are weighing on the fact that people aren't spending any money on FIFA points, which we don't know that. But I mean, if I wanted to spend money on, let's say, let's say I want to drop 2,000 FIFA points on a 100K pack and the pack is shit, you got to wait a full day to preview another one. Hmm. You're not going to spend 20 bucks on a pile of shit. So what do you do? Do you just risk it and go spam the other packs for less FIFA points? Well, people will do, won't they? They will tear through the packs just to clear the, the preview pack and that's. EA aren't dumb. They know that. They know how this is going to work. They're not going to. They're not going to shoot their own foot off, are they? So they know what they're doing. I don't imagine people are still spending FIFA points on it. Obviously, not the way they were when when the power curve was still kind of creeping. But um, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll still be players putting money into it. If if they weren't, EA would probably take the servers down, wouldn't they? And try and try and save a few hundred thousand quid. I would imagine robbing bastards. Yeah. But, you know, we talk about upgrading teams and, and making your squads better in order to enjoy the game more. But when you have the gameplay like I was having this past weekend, I upgraded my squad significantly. I mean, I brought in the Festival of Foot Lorente. I have the 98 Ramos. I've got Eder Militao. I've got Foot Birthday Mindy. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a squad of players. And my result was actually worse. You know, maybe that was because of the gameplay, but my ELO is normally a plus seven, plus eight on average. That's where I usually finish. And this week I got to 11 wins and my ELO was a plus one. I mean, it's, it just goes to show you that you can upgrade your squad all you want, but it doesn't necessarily mean better results because there's so many variables that, that play into it. You know, connection, distance from opponent, RNG, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people are focused on upgrading their teams instead of getting better at the game. I know we've talked about this previously, Steve, you can probably talk to this more, but I'm sure you see this a lot in, in a coaching perspective. Where can I upgrade my squad? Where can I get better with what, what player should I get? Once you get to this point of the game, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. But it's it's more of a problem at the start of the game, to be honest with you, when when people go down that path. Mm. Because at least by this point, people have had the chance to to learn FIFA 21, if you like, and and get decent at it with cards that aren't so great. Because, I mean, this is is a favourite hobby horse of mine. I've, I've ridden this a few times. It's one of the worst things you can do. And this is advice, early advice for FIFA 22, really. Don't start the cycle with a god squad because you won't learn how to play the game properly. The good cards will bail you out of situations that they shouldn't be bailing you out of. Um, 
So it's not so much of a problem at this stage of the, of the game cycle, um, unless somebody's coming to it, you know, unless this is the first time you've listened to footballers and you've just bought uh, FIFA 21, which seems a bit, bit on the unlikely side. But yeah, it can, I totally sympathize with your experience over the weekend. Um, you know, as I said, when you were, when you were sending me the, uh, the messages, fuck off and stop sending me messages, you know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely sympathize, mate. You're full of shit. I'm, yeah, I'm not so, going to deny that. We're talking about starting games. There's a new game coming soon, FIFA 22. Hopefully, do we know? I don't think we have a release date yet, but I suspect the end of September, maybe early October, in keeping with last year. Um, we saw quite a few leaks over the last week, week and a half, on things that they're changing and upgrading, quote, upgrading. But one thing in particular is the the new tactic sliders. Emphasis on new because it's actually old. Uh, they're bringing back the sliders from FIFA 18 that go from zero to a hundred. And uh, you guys can find this stuff on Twitter or, or in our discord. One thing I have a question about is these sliders. One to me, they're more arbitrary than the current system. They were less understood because we don't get very good explanations in the menus. We get a one line of vague information about what they do, but whether my slider is on one to 10 or one to a hundred, does it really make that much difference? I mean, 70 of 100 and 7 of 10, is it not the same fucking thing? I, I kind of petitioned quite loudly for them to return to the uh, the 0 to 100 sliders, the more granular approach, really, because I think it does make a difference. When the first thing that I do, really, when a new FIFA drops is just get into the tactics and basically piss about with them. Just just try, you know, both extremes, see what it's like in the middle and just uh, have a bit of a play around. I like it. I hope they do something with the offside trap. That's the thing that I've always wanted to see developed a bit more in, in FIFA so that it's not quite as, um, so that you can kind of instruct the players to perform it rather than having to mess about with the D pad. So again, an, another sort of big gripe for me with, with the way that this game's set up. I, I think me and you play on PS4, don't we, Hunter? Paul's on, on Xbox. Um, yeah. Big problem with the way that the PS4 controller is designed is that if you want to start the offside trap, You've basically got to let go of the left analog stick, um, take your thumb off it completely and press the up button on the directional pad, which is just not, not all ideal. So hopefully they've done something to change the, the offside trap. And I think, I think the speculated release date is going to be October the 8th, isn't it? Or was that? No, that was, that was when this year's was released. Um, ignore that. I'll ignore that. I only remember because it was the day after my birthday. Just putting that out mm. there, ready for, you know, four months time. Um, another thing that we saw, directional nutmegs have been nerfed. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, Paul? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> the drive me Steve insane. Steve, hands up. Um, the worst defender FIFA has ever seen. And then you've got these guys coming with a golden Mbappe, smashing nutmegs through me. And it... <laughs> And it's not that I can't defend them, really, because, you know, they're not, you know, but it's, they're just frustrating, and it, it's more of a mindset thing for me. But I'm glad they've been nerfed. Hopefully, I won't get as frustrated by them. It'll save me a few quits along the way, I think, if they've been nerfed. Because I see you guys doing them like, I can't be asked for you, see you later. And I'll quit the game. Arriva dirty, motherfuckers. Paul, please. Language. Um, the problem with me with them is uh, <laughs> it's, it's a gimmick, isn't it? So it's something that, as you say, it's going to be nerfed next year. And it's, a, it's a pain in the um, aris for me, frankly, that you're teaching somebody a gimmick that's only going to be effective in FIFA 21. And then next year, that it's just going to be totally inapplicable or, or even 
detrimental, really, to the extent that people may think, well, that was really effective in FIFA 21, I'll keep using it in FIFA 22. And I saw a lot of that this year, actually, um, at the start of the game, people trying to make FIFA 20 work in, in FIFA 21. I, I just, I, I don't see why we need these gimmicks. I was I was actually talking to Neil Guides. I, well, I wasn't talking to him. I was in his Twitch stream chatting with him earlier. Um, another very well-respected FIFA coach. Um accidentally implying that I'm respected there, probably shouldn't. But he was saying that uh, left stick dribbling has has not been what it should be this year. And I kind of agree and don't agree. I mean, we, we did that tutorial in the Foot Academy about left stick dribbling where people got a lot of reward from it. But the problem is people aren't going to implement it when it's so easy to abuse a mechanic like the bridge dribble, you know. Mm. And it, it kind of it stops people from developing real FIFA skills in my respected opinion. Your opinion, either way, right? Respected is debatable, but I, I respect it. I respect myself. That's good. And also, Paul, if, if you think you're the worst defender in the world, um, honey, can you start sending your videos to Paul instead of me? <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you. I'll do that, and I'll stop flooding your inbox. I should probably start paying you for your advice. Yeah. Get good. That was the last thing you told me. That was great advice. Didn't listen, did you? No. Still trying, though. What do we think about this new heat map that they put up for expected goals? What the fuck does that do for you? Anybody know? Yeah, we got confused looks. Yeah, I feel the same way. One of the Twitter accounts I saw posted a picture of Neymar, and it's got a heat map next to his name, and it says new and updated heat maps are in FIFA 22. Expected goals are now included as a stat too. So I don't understand where expected goals are if we're going to get any more information about that, I mean, this is a leak, but they did shut down the um, the beta testing from what I understand. Uh, I think after all these leaks started coming out, maybe, or maybe they had issues. I don't know, but stay tuned for that. If we get more information, we'll, we'll definitely put that out there. One other thing that I can say is they've made changes to customizing your offensive tactics and build up play, balance, slow build up, fast build up, long ball, chance creation, balance, possession, forward runs, direct passing but they made no changes to defending tactics. What do we think about that one, Steve? I think that people are probably a bit more worried about whether changes will be made to second-man press on the defensive side of the ball than they are the, the actual preset tactics. Um, the rumour, I, I find this almost impossible to believe, to be honest with you, but the rumour is that second-man press has actually been, been nerfed more rather than buffed, as, as people have been crying out for. Um, How do you nerf something that doesn't exist? Well, that's that's exactly why I find it difficult to believe, because it's, it's barely there at the moment. And if you if you nerfed it from the point where it is now, it, it effectively wouldn't exist. So I don't know. I don't know how anybody has, has played the game, used second-man press and gone, oh, this is a bit worse than, than last year, because if it was worse than last year, it, it just wouldn't be there. It's like, like nerfing sitting down. Like, if I'm sitting down, how can I be sitting down more than I'm sitting down now? Maybe if I, like, lean my chair back, maybe? You can't be a little bit pregnant. Yeah. So go from sitting to slouching. That's what they're doing with second-man press. I, I, I would argue that slouching is not sitting. How big is your fucking mug of tea, Paul? It's only maybe a little bit bigger than a normal size mug. I've just got little hands. So that's like that's what you drinking. That's a, a a mug like a normal mug that's been buffed, like the size of a potato. Can you run an Ethernet cord into that thing? I'm being efficient. Rather than making two small mugs, 
I just make one large mug. Is it Yorkshire tea? No. 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 I only drink Yorkshire tea with fish and chips. Coffee for me. Ah. Man to drink coffee. Well yeah. Tea. Ted Lasso had it right, man. He doesn't really drink this shit. Ted Lasso had everything right. I don't know who Ted Lasso is. Oh, my God. What? I've heard the name. Yeah, you need to go watch Ted Lasso. Apple Play. Immediately. What does he do? Is he a rapper? He's an American college football coach that gets recruited to go wreck a club because the club's owner is getting a divorce and he turns out to be wildly popular and turns the team around. Actually, it doesn't turn them around. They actually get relegated, but it's a great show. And now you don't need to watch it because Hunter's just fucking wrecked it. For everybody else. Yep. If you're listening to this. You're welcome. Lots of funny parts though. You should go watch it. Yeah, I will do. There's a new season coming out soon. I won't I won't spoil it. What's it called again? Because I haven't seen it. The Great Escape. It'll Is it be really fun. called Great Escape? No, it's called Ted Lasso. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as the FIFA 22? Things you'd like to see in FIFA 22? I know this could kind of go a long way, but uh, Paul, what, what are some things you'd like to see in FIFA 22, either gameplay or market? I think for me, the biggest difference this year was the amount of coins people got for division rivals. And I'm not sure if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, but I know me and some of my friends spent ages building starter teams. I'm going to use this person. I'm going to use that person. And, you know, within the first five games, those starter teams were irrelevant because you've you've got 50,000 coins or or more. So you can already make that, that first upgrade. Uh, so I don't know if I want that in this next game or, or not. It just added a, a different dimension and people just had coins from the off. But it's always an exciting time, you know, building those new squads. What's going to be new? What's what they're going to get rid of? What they're going to change? Is anything going to change? Yeah, that's the that's the intriguing part. On the gameplay side, Steve, what are some things you'd like to see changed? I don't really think that. I don't think the gameplay is actually far off at the minute. Really, I just I don't want I don't want the gimmicks that we've had this year. That's that's all I'd ask for. I'd, I'd like. Talked about it on Twitter before, you know, the idea of maybe having a, a more arcadey version and a more simulation version, which will never happen for logistical reasons, I guess. But maybe if they could just introduce a, a kind of fail rate so that if you just got an average run of the mill League Un player, mm. um, they're going to have more chance of failing at a skill than if Neymar was performing that skill. So, you know, it's a little bit more realistic and there'd be more value in getting these sort of top, top tier players in your team. That's something I'd definitely like to see. The other thing that I'd like to see uh, improved, really, and I think this is a big issue that gets overlooked, and that is the ratings of players in the uh, in the database, because quite honestly, some of them are just so far out that it's disgraceful. Currently looking at a uh, card of Calvin Phillips, who has basically been running the England midfield in the in the Euros this summer and his his face value is 76 overall 66 pace 69 dribbling 73 defending it's it's shocking and okay i understand that leads were promoted this year bit of an unknown quantity but it's just there's no excuse for it when they've got a network of supposed scouts out there that are supposed to know these teams and know these players it's uh it's just not good enough and i hope it improves somehow but being the optimist that i am and the seasoned FIFA veteran that I am, pretty sure it won't be. Yeah, it's a pretty safe assumption. The only thing that I would really like to see, would love to see, is a game that's not built entirely around pace, which every single FIFA in its existence has been all about pace. 
just would like to see something that requires a little bit more creativity and skill other than just spamming fucking through balls the entire game and waiting for a good bounce. To be fair, that's what Germany tried against England, isn't it, in the first half till England sussed it out, just bombing Goretzka forward and trying to put him through. It almost worked. Thomas Muller missed one that um, he would have made, I don't know, nine times out of ten, maybe more. Ten years ago. He's exploring the space, man. He's the master of time and space. You didn't know this? I, I didn't know. I just know he's old. Past it. Terrible thing, eh? You would know. Isn't it, Paul? Um, probably. I'll let you know in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was nicely done there, Paul. That was, that was smooth. Way to deflect. I don't have to worry about that, though, because I'm the young guy on this podcast, right? Younger guy. Younger. How, how young are you, Paul? Uh, you don't have to tell me if you don't want. Late to mid-30s-ish. So 41. <laughs> late to mid-30s, but 41? Yeah. Like, I'm actually late to mid-30s. Actually, no, I'm mid-30s. 35. Yeah, I'll be 35 this year. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. Dave, well, I'm going to intentionally skip over you on this one. Early teens. You're upset about that 63. Born in 63? No, born in the early teens. Hmm. You guys want to talk about foot anymore, or can we talk about the Euros? I've got nothing more to say about foot. No. Oh, maybe one more thing about these Path to Glory. They're starting to get a little bit exciting now. It just adds a different dimension to to the, the current game. If, if people have coins, which most people aren't, it's, it's a little bit of gambling. Throw some, buy a card. If they win, it goes up. You do well. You know, it's I'm cheering for Italy at the moment, you know, because I had Florenzi and Verratti. Um, so that's... You know, it just adds a different dimension to watching watching a game that you might not necessarily be that interested in. Yeah, that variety card gave me fits, man. This weekend, the connection aside, that card was really, really good. Consistently good all over the pitch. Price is justified, I'll say. I've not used him since his upgrade, but he, he was very, very good. Yeah, Eden Hazard card is really good too. A lot of people say that he's suspect, that he's, uh, I mean, his price point would suggest that, I mean, he's 90, what, 97 rated now. He'll be 98 rated when the next updates come out. Probably going to be a 99 if he can get past this next matchup, but we'll, we'll go there in a bit. His finesse shot on the weak foot, the strong foot, it doesn't matter. His dribbling is great. Uh, he's actually surprisingly strong. The one card that kind of let me down was the Jao Felix. I started him. Very good skills, good in space, but he gets brushed off the ball way too easy. Didn't just let you down. Let Portugal down, didn't he? Yep, sure did. Broad. Let's move into to the Euros and the Copa chat a little bit. We'll, we'll start with the uh, the Copa chat real quick. Argentina just got their third win, so we'll be getting upgrades to Acuna and, I don't know how to say it, Paredes? Per- Paredes? Second time. Paredes, I think. Yeah, yeah, that one. So the exciting one to me is the Acuna upgrade, since I have him, but that card is going to get a plus two. He's going to be insanely good. Um, if he gets to the point to where he gets a weak foot upgrade, that's going to be extremely, extremely popular card. He's Argentinian. He plays in a, a popular league. So he's still relatively cheap considering what he's going to go to. Uh, you, would you agree, Paul? Yeah, I think he's a cheap card. I think when he gets upgraded, he might drop a little bit because you know people expect the cards to rise when they get upgraded, but often they do, they do drop. So... It might drop a little bit, but it's a cheap card, is it? Maybe 130k on Xbox, which is, you know, for that card is, is pretty cheap. But Akuna, that card's um, absolutely flown. I think he was 500k last week and now he's nearly eight. Yeah. I've watched a bit of, of Copa America. Papu Gomez is having a good tournament. I think it was Argentina, Paraguay. I watched the other night. Everybody seems to have it 
as a done deal, really. There's, there's a few people seem to with the Euros, which we'll get to, but I think everybody pretty much sees Brazil as being nailed on to win this or Argentina. I like what I've seen of Uruguay. I think Cavani's had a good tournament. And yeah, I just, I, I think we might see upsets in both tournaments, to be quite honest with you. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Uruguay pulled off a bit of an upset. They've got, it's actually for guys that are in the UK, it's on at a really good time as well on the, on the BBC. It's on the BBC red button if you're wondering where to watch the Cobra America for free. Um, Uruguay playing Colombia, I think, on Saturday night. And it's a, an 11 p.m. kickoff. So, Roughly the same time as match of the day. Definitely recommend it. There's been been some good games in the in the Copa America. It's probably been more open and uh, and attacking than the Euros have been. Definitely more attacking. Um, yeah, Brazil's going to be taking on Chile on the third, and we'll have, uh, like you said, Uruguay taking on Colombia. And that same day on July fourth, we'll have Argentina and Ecuador. So I'll be watching the Uruguay and Argentina game for sure. Colombia and uh, no mugs. That should be a really close game that's one that i'm looking forward to yeah and the the games just watching those games to me is way more entertaining than like you said the ones we've just been witness to seeing although the the matches we had uh day before yesterday were i mean you can't ask for better football i mean would you guys agree yeah what a day of football i was half watching the first game but it soon it soon got my attention and then we went on for the the France game, which I stayed up to watch, it was just for the for the neutral, just great, great football. You know, great to watch. Loved every minute of it. I think this is. I said a few weeks ago. I think that well, last week it probably would be that the tournament really starts here in the knockout stages, and that's part of the reason why because it doesn't really matter if you've got a, a game that doesn't have a great deal of quality in it. There's always going to be that sort of sudden death element that, that the big boys can go out, you know, and that sort of adds that extra level of excitement. It's good, good entertainment. I, I don't think the quality of football has been particularly high, though. I think it's, I, I, I think it's the, the tournament has actually been quite sort of cynical, really, very cautious, um, safety first approach, which is understandable, you know, it's a lot on the line. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I, I'm happy that we're at the knockout stages and things can only get better, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were surprised about France going out to Switzerland. That was obviously the, the upset of the tournament so far. What about this England-Germany game? When I first started watching it, all I saw was 10 men in front of goal, building a wall, sending through balls. And I actually reclined my chair a little bit and closed my eyes. I was dozing off and I heard a notification, Steve. As I was dozing off, messaged me and said, this is the type of game that you just kind of look at the screen and you start to stare right through it, isn't it? And I said, it's funny you say that. I just fell asleep. And finally, uh, you know, they, England got a goal and busted it open. But it's just, it's crazy the amount of, of criticism that Southgate has gotten from managing England the way he has, yet they've won every game and they've conceded zero goals. Did you call him Southgate there? Isn't that his name? No, it's, just, it's now South Great. I'm not following. Gareth South Great. With an R? Yeah. What happened? No, with a fucking Y. Really? Yeah. Oh, why do I bother? Why do I bother, Paul? Steve, yeah. you're full of shit. I just Googled it. It was funny, though. They were that bad. It was funny. Real dad joke, that one. Thank you. My pleasure. In the future, I won't bother, eh? No, keep them coming. I laughed. I, I guess I just missed it. Um... Just to clarify, to explain this to anybody else who might be as um, not as dumb as Hunter, that's not what I was going to say. 
to anybody else who might be um, struggling to understand the joke, um, that that would be South Great, spelled South G R E A T, because he's oh, never mind. Come on, he's still getting criticism, Steve. Yeah, he's shit. They still don't like him. He's uh, the man's won every game, hasn't conceded a goal, and they still don't like him. Yeah, no. What else do the, What else do they want? What do the people want? He's, he, I mean, you live there. You guys live there. What 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 do you want? It's because these people like me who watch five football games a year all of a sudden become the greatest analysts in the world. They start talking like they've watched every football game for the last 40 years and know more than the man who's getting paid hundreds of thousand pounds a year, I imagine. Um, you're always going to get criticism. I were calling him out yesterday for leaving Kane on and then Kane scored with his first touch. But, you know, it's it's the nature of it, isn't it? He's, he's always going to get criticised. If he wins... People still criticise him. You should have done this. You should have done that. Why didn't you pick this guy? Why didn't you play Sancho? What you know? People are gonna. It's the nature of Brits. They just like to moan. Mm, true. We just like to moan. I'm part of that. You know, it's, it's just what we do, and we do it well. If I'm honest, you do it better with with your accent, though. To be fair, really, there's nothing like a Yorkshireman moaning. Yeah, if a Southerner's moaning, it's it just doesn't have that same They sound angry, kind of like, it, yeah. you know, sort of quite animated and sort of like, well, this is a load of shit, isn't it? Yeah, blah, blah. Whereas Yorkshiremen just sound more sort of depressed and resigned, like, yeah, well, bad gum, you know, this will never do, will it? No. What happened in my day? No. And that sort of thing. Indeed. What more can we ask of him? I'll tell you what I think, right? Because that's why I'm here. Give my opinion. Tactically... He's nailed it. You can't you can't argue with what he's done tactically with, with the way that he's deployed players, with the shapes that he's chosen. He totally Germany had no idea what as, as soon as England got onto the idea of Goretzka bombing forward from midfield, they were never gonna score. They could have played ten games and Germany would not have scored. I did I okay, you yeah, you're gonna say the Muller chance. Apart from that, they, they had no clue. that It just wasn't going to happen. It was just a case of waiting for England to, to take advantage of one of those opportunities, really. And in the second half, he, he pushed Luke Shaw on because the first half, effectively, we played we played with five at the back. The, the, everybody assumed that, that the two fullbacks were going to play as wingbacks, but they actually didn't. Um, and it was just really negative and safe and, and cautious and, and Southgate-y. And it was only in the second half when... It sort of gave Luke Shaw a bit more permission to get forward that we started looking dangerous. So you can't fault him from from a tactical point of view. We haven't conceded a goal yet, um, which is incredible. And you, you, my sort of vision of Southgate out there, you know, in sort of career mode in, in FIFA where you can you can assign training sessions to be on specific things. I envision England training sessions as being Gareth Southgate drilling the fuck out of the players on defending and drilling the fuck out of them on penalty shootouts in the hope that we can just, it doesn't matter if we score, we can still win games because it's it, its incredibly negative but effective and you can't, you know, can't knock it. It's getting results, I suppose, even though I have just knocked it. There we are. I don't know. I've got nothing. It's not, it's not entertaining, right? That's the thing. People aren't entertained. No. Which I agree. I'm, it's not entertaining, but if it gets you the result, I mean, this is real world soccer, right? Or sorry, this is real world football we're talking about, not FIFA. In FIFA, we want to be entertained. Well, some of us want to be entertained. Some of us just want wins for rewards. But in real world sport, you want the result. As a fan, 
you should want the result. Whether you win by five goals or one goal, you get the result. I, I don't understand the, I mean, that was the whole idea of the Super League was to entertain. And it was so unpopular. They wanted the traditional football. We still have that and and people want to be entertained. I, I don't I don't know how you how you can balance the line on that. I, I don't see how we've entered some sort of weird world where the two have to be mutually exclusive. Why can't you be entertaining and successful? It's, it's happened plenty of times in the past. Um, probably, yeah. you know, we had the great, well, probably not great, but the, the sort of Kevin Keegan teams when he was at Newcastle, who, you know, my, my Sunderland prejudice aside, they played fantastic football and just missed out on winning the Premier League. Um, Ozzy Ardiles did it at Tottenham. Or Tottingham, as as he would have said. Tottenham. Totting, Tottingham. Tottingham Hotspur. That's that's how good old Aussie pronounced it. I, I, I don't buy this thing that you've got to be dull and boring and unimaginative and cautious in order to be successful. You can you can still be expansive, take chances, but the idea of a team actually going out there and trying to outscore their opponent in the modern game just seems unimaginable. And I don't know why. It's just a fashion. It'll pass. Yeah. Well, Steve, didn't you... Didn't you hear a rumor or read something about Southgate that you wanted to discuss? Ah, yeah. Um, don't know how true this is, but it's 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 rumored. I've heard on good authority that he um he has he behaves weirdly with ketchup. Shall I? Hmm. Shall I go further. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, supposedly he um. I fucking love ketchup. He this is this is not to say that Gareth Southgate is an especially cautious man, but apparently it's true that um. He will only ever use a bottle of ketchup once. And when he's used it, he uh, wraps it up in two bags, drives out to the coast. I, I understand he lives in, in Middlesbrough, which is not too far away from the, the northeast coast. So he'll, get, he'll put his ketchup on his chips um, or what do you call them? Um, fries? Fries, yeah. He'll, he'll put his ketchup on his chips or fries. And then when he's used the ketchup, he'll get a couple of bags wrap the ketchup in the bags, drive out to the coast and throw them as far into the sea as he can in case the bottle leaks in his fridge. Yeah. And you double bag in it so that if it does leak through the first bag, the second bag catches it and then you've got the buffer of the sea in the travel space before it can ever come back to your fridge, right? Exactly. You 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 cannot be too careful. If, if you're Gareth Southgate, you can't take that kind of risk. It's a master class. Do you think he, he locks the bolt on his door like five times or, or checks it five times? Locks the bolt on his door. Like he, okay. like he hasn't got like eight bolts okay, so you, on his door. Do you think he locks all five bolts like three or four times and just double checks them to so. make sure they're all locked before he goes to bed? Yeah, and, and sleeps with one eye on the, uh, the burglar monitor. Yeah. Has two pistols both loaded, one on safety, one off safety? Or does the one that's off safety have a backup safety like on the trigger? I would imagine all of that. And he also has one pointed at his wife next to him, just in case. Can't be too careful. No, can't be too careful, man. It's all about winning. It's all about bringing it home, which it looks like England might well do. It is all about the result. If we can play nice football, do it. getting the results, wonderful. But, you know, we just need the results. I've got a question for you all. Everybody's saying that it's, it's coming home. It's coming home. Football's coming home. Have we really thought this through? Because it's been a long time. Like the last time football was at home was 1966. If it does come home, for instance, where are we going to keep it? What are, what are we going to do with it? I, I, I don't even know how big it is, to be quite honest with you, in terms of storage. But it'll have to quarantine for 14 days when it comes back for a See, start. Again, great point. 
uh, people haven't thought this through, I don't think. And where, where are you going to put it in quarantine? Until we know the size of it, um, how big is football? It's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. Um, I'm sure Southgate has a plan. I mean, I really do. I think he's got a plan and a backup plan and a, and a backup plan. The contingencies are in place. I, I think we can be quite reassured on that front. <laughs> if, if there's one man who can carry this off, it's, it's Gaza, isn't it? Oh, shit. You guys didn't really want to talk about Sweden last pod, so we won't. They lost to Ukraine. Ukraine's through. What are your predictions for the quarters? We'll start with you, Steve. I've said, I can't remember, I said a while back, I can't remember if this was a pod that was published or one that the Great Lost pod, but I, I said a while back that um, I can see a an upset. I said at the start of this pod, actually, not to wind it back that far. I can see an upset uh, in both competitions. I think that we're hitting a stage of the tournament now where fitness is king and a lot of the big teams are starting to look really leggy and, and gassed after about probably about 60, 70 minutes in a lot of cases. And what I think we'll find, this is my little theory, and I'm going to die on this hill, is that probably the teams that have had players that haven't been deeply involved in the Champions League and the Europa League, so their legs are a bit fresher, I think they're going to have an advantage. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see England struggle against Ukraine. Really, It'd be it'd be counted as a missed opportunity if they don't at least get to the final. I think you you you'd expect them to beat Ukraine and probably Denmark, but I I don't think it's going to be as as plain sailing as people expect. And little known fact, Ukraine have their own version of the uh, the Nordic clap. Perhaps we need Wise FIFA back in here to to compare the Nordic clap to the Canadian clap. Mm. But um, yeah, much the same as as when good old Iceland eliminated us when nobody gave them a chance uh, in 2016. So don't underestimate Ukraine. Um, If I had to put my money on a team at this stage, I would go with Czech Republic. To win it? I know. Mental. Yep. Wow. They're, they're, They're so effective in the press. They can just stop teams from playing. They run for 90 minutes. And I think that this team, this and I think that this tournament is going to be won not by the team with the most quality, which would probably be Italy. I think it'll be won by the team with the uh, with the best conditioning. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, it's it's sound judgment, though. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that the games, although the one player that I would say was was still running around like at the end of extra time, like it was the beginning, was was Conte. He looked like he had legs for days. It's just it, it's incredible the work rate and the. the performance that he can put out on the pitch for 120 minutes but unfortunately he's out but we still have him at Chelsea and Calvin Phillips to be fair I mean he just because he's English and probably from Yorkshire people tend to look down on him as as being not quite up to standard Paul's face Um, so yeah there's there's still some players that have had long seasons but Bielsa in it I think really if England win the tournament we we should give the credit to Bielsa for turning Calvin Phillips from somebody who was struggling to make it into a championship side a couple of years ago to, to somebody who's now absolutely bossing games on the international stage. Um, yeah. I just hope the FIFA scouts see that so that we can get a decent card next year because his gold card is fucking useless. It is. And it, why can't they just bring out a special card? Let, let, let put some respect on Calvin Phillips's name. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they will for uh, summer stars. Yeah? yeah, maybe. But when we win it, we'll get a full England team, hopefully. 
all super high rated. But uh, my prediction is Spain and Italy and Czech Republic and England. Mm. Like you say, they'll stay. I think Czech, Repu- Czech Republic just seem to just seems to have something. It'll be, they'll have a tough game on their hands against Denmark, and you, you could easily make a case for Denmark to win it, sort of riding the crest of the Ericsson wave and what have you. I, that could be one of the tightest games in the competition, really. I'd, on paper, I'd, I'd agree with you, Paul. I think Italy and Spain would be the, the obvious picks to make, you know, in terms of quality, but I, I don't think it's going to play out like that. Well, I think the final is going to be played on Friday, July 2nd. And is that gonna, your prediction? It's going to be Italy and Belgium. That's, shit. That's the final. Oh, right. Okay. That's the final. Whoever wins that game wins the tournament. That's my prediction. Everyone else doesn't matter. I think that the powerhouses are playing Friday and you have the lesser teams and England playing on Saturday. And I think whoever wins Belgium, Italy wins the tournament and the rest doesn't matter. And I hope it's Belgium. I don't think we can count Spain out. We've scored 10 goals in two games. They've just been getting it done, haven't they? Yeah. Spain are hitting form, without doubt. But we'll say. It just in correlation to, to American football, I don't know if you guys watch the NFL much, but Spain remind me a lot of the New Orleans Saints team that won the Super Bowl back in, I think, 2006, 2007, maybe. Just, they're not a great team, but they're opportunistic. They take advantage of space and transition well, and they've, they've just been very opportunistic, but not consistent. And that doesn't always win championships, but it, it did work for the Saints back in the day. So maybe it can work for Spain. We'll see. But I just, I'd like to see more consistency from Spain before I can, can jump on that wagon. And also, obviously, Spain have Drew Brees at quarterback. They, well. I think, well, no, I, I'm only half joking. That just sort of lead into a point that I think you're right. And I think that they will have more consistency there because um, big old Busquets is coming back, isn't he, to sort of direct the midfield and kind of operate as that trequatista, you know, the sort of kind of quarterback role, I suppose. So He is a game changer. That, that's going to, yeah, this, that's going to impact Spain, definitely. Um, no, I mean, not a foot game changer. He's fucking useless, but great for It may be. Football. Maybe it's all Busquets' fault. Maybe it is. I don't have anything else to talk about. Paul, where can they find you on Twitter? Right fucking foot. Right fucking foot. <laughs> Part of my French. At right fucking foot. How do you spell that? W-R-I-G-H-T. F-U-T, right foot. At right foot without the fucking. Steve, where can they find you on Twitter? At the foot coach. No spaces. F-U-T. No underscores. No. Straight up the foot coach. A lot of fakes out there. Simple, just like me. And you can find me on Twitter at the foot hunter, the underscore foot underscore hunter. That's all we got this week. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya. It's coming up. Bye. Podcast Network.